Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the June 2nd edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank. Please check them out because they have 17 locations between Columbia County, Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina. They are looking forward to serving you because they are a community development financial institution and they specialize in working with people who need a little help getting their act together, so to speak. And when we say that, we talk about the need for assistance for their small businesses, uh, churches, nonprofit organizations, as well as individuals who may be struggling with credit issues uh, and would like to uh, get a better credit score. Also, the show is brought to you by my firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. Please look at our website. That is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. Or you can just Google Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. It'll come up. Um, there we show uh, various services that uh, my firm provides, as well as there's a local matters tab that includes every single show that we've done since last year. So if you miss a show, please come back to the website to check it out. Also, that includes the show that we did last week. Uh, the show last week featured Commissioner Dennis Williams. He is from District 2. And we talked about homelessness in Augusta and steps that are now being taken by the city of Augusta to address homelessness. Uh, that ties in very neatly with the show that we're doing today, because today we're going to talk on the opposite end. Um, you'll see that in our community, like many other urban areas where uh, there's a growing homeless population, but there's also a growing number of upscale apartment units. In particular today, we are going to focus on uh, those units that are in downtown Augusta, all those bright, shiny new apartments that are going up. Uh, with uh, Joe Edge of Sherman and Hem Street. Well, Local Matters family, uh, last week we talked about homelessness in Augusta. We had Commissioner Dennis Williams on to discuss some of the city's efforts relative to uh, alleviating homelessness in our community. Uh, this time around, we have uh, Joe Edge. He is president of Sherman and Hem Street. It's a local uh, real estate firm. Uh, and he's going to talk some about the boom in apartment homes in downtown Augusta and just sort of touch on the dichotomy this represents. On one hand, we've got an increasing homeless population. On the other hand, we've got some beautiful structures going up uh, that can make us proud of our downtown. So uh, I just kind of want to discuss where we are, what's led to the boom. Uh, but before we uh, do that, I want to first uh, ask Mr. Edge to tell us a little bit about his real estate career. How is it that he has become president of this uh, uh, esteemed Augusta real estate company? Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I have been with uh, Sherman and Hem Street since 2006. I've lived here my whole life, grew up here. Uh, and spent, you know, all of my life here except for four years in the Marine Corps uh, and moved back uh, pretty much immediately and went into real estate in January of 2005. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a long story, so I'll keep it kind of short, but 
I uh, ended up working on the commercial real estate side within the first year uh, and really found a niche there. And uh, in, at the end of 2006, I was able to purchase uh, Sherman and Hem Street. Uh, you know, Sherman Hem Street's been around since the 20s. I think it was formed in 1924. Uh, historically, you know, they've been a residential and commercial firm, really transitioned uh, in the late 90s more to a commercial real estate firm uh, with a big focus on property management. Uh, and so, you know, I was in the right place at the right time is really the majority of the story. But, uh, you know, came into the firm that had not done a good job of training a younger generation to replace themselves. And I was, you know, 22 years old. I uh, thought I knew everything, realized I didn't. I uh, learned a lot. And, and basically, we started to rebuild the firm uh, into what it is today. Uh, and so, you know, today we are a more of a regional company. We service uh, through three offices, uh, Augusta to Savannah, Macon, kind of that triangle there, uh, and all of the rural areas in between. Um, we have offices in Savannah and Swainsboro. Uh, that's really more geared for property management and residential sales in those out-of-town offices. Augusta is really the, the crux of our operation and, and more commercial real estate focused. Uh, we manage just over 7,000 units, um, all the way from Virginia down to Florida and Alabama. Um, but again, 100% based here. That's our focus is, is local. Uh, we are based in downtown Augusta. We made that move about three years ago, uh, bought the old Mary Land building uh, over on Ellis and love being down there. Uh, and so I've been doing this roughly 16 years, uh, and that's how I ended up where I'm at. All right. Very good. Thanks for the background. I always like to do that for the sake of our younger listeners uh, to let them know what path does one take to get to, to where they are. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I learned a lot because I did not know that Sherman and Hemstreet had a presence outside of Augusta. I just always thought of you as a, as a local company, you know, having grown up here in Augusta. So uh, thanks for letting me know about that reach. Um, as we talk about the role, you know, I'll see Sherman and Hem Street signs everywhere in Augusta. Um, as you talk about the, the role, uh, I know you all have been very much involved in some of the recent uh, redevelopment activities in downtown Augusta. Um, you know, I grew up in Augusta, have been hearing the name Sherman and Hem Street all of my life. Um, and when I moved back in 2014, people would ask me, so how has the city changed since you've been back? And I would say, doesn't look like it's changed very much at all. Um, because with the exception of the Augusta Common and the convention center over on Royal Street, everything was pretty much the same as I recall from years and years ago. And then uh, just last week, I was uh, driving down 11th Street and I saw the apartments, I think it's called the Ivy, um, and I don't know if you all had any role with that one at all, but um, I saw those and then I was told there was going to be some more perhaps popping up on Telfair Street. Of course, you got a new fire department there too. Um, so it looks like Telfair Street could have a, a, a very different appearance between uh, 9th and 12th pretty soon. And that just got me to thinking, <clears throat> you know, most of the other cities that I've worked in, you know, haven't worked in some of the big cities like Charlotte. Um, North Carolina, um, you know, you you see uh, awful lot of development. It's like every time you 
turn around there's something new there's something different whereas augusta that has not been the case but finally we're getting there so what is it that you think has caused this this change and now interest in uh, residential development downtown well the obvious answer to that is cyber. Uh, the reality, though, is, uh, you know, cyber, we're still pretty early in the process for all of the cyber coming here. Uh, and, and by trade, I'm, I do more office space than anything. And so I'm obviously, you know, I've done several leases with cyber companies and such. And, and if you talk to them, they'll tell you that we are just at the very beginning stages of, of seeing this, what's going to actually end up in Augusta for cyber. So the, the residential need in downtown is a um, direct result of that. Uh, but I think that there's far more than that. I think some of it is cultural, uh, you know, younger people wanting to live more in the urban core rather than in the suburbs. Uh, you know, they want to be able to walk uh, or ride a bike to where they eat, um, you know, to school even. I mean, I, there's just a been a shift in, in um, the dynamics uh, of where people live. And, and some of it is just supply and demand. Uh, you know, it's expensive uh, to buy a house right now. And, and so the, the more the housing market, um, you know, fluctuates like that, uh, the rental market has to course correct and adjust for that also. So what we're seeing right now is as, as housing costs are just going through the roof, uh, rental prices are also going up because there's less supply. And so what happens is that supply and demand um, meet each other. And then you start to have developers build apartments. Uh, apartments have always been the safest uh, type of investment property to build. Uh, and the reality is there's always going to be more people that need to rent um, then purchase. And so, you know, at least in the 16 years that I've been doing this, apartments have been the safest bet for developers. Uh, and that still remains true today. And so uh, it makes logical sense for those to be downtown with the colleges down there, cyber coming. Uh, and I think what most, and, and the medical community too, obviously is a huge factor in this. Uh, but what you're seeing is these developers are, getting these projects ready, they're starting to come out the ground, anticipating the growth from cyber coming. And, uh, you know, if the cyber continues to move slowly as it has in the past, getting here, that's okay because the medical community, the colleges and all of that are picking up the slack. Okay. Yeah, as you mentioned, medical community, obviously the medical community has always been in Augusta, uh, uh, but the cyber is the new piece. Um, and of course, we see the colleges expanding. In fact, that's an upcoming show that I'm working on is getting somebody from Augusta University to come in and talk about their proposed expansion. Um, in terms of the price point of these apartments, everybody goes, oh my gosh, it's pretty much, I think, over $1,000 a month for a one-bedroom is, is what we're talking about for the newer properties. Um, many in our community have fears about what that means. Um, does that mean that we're going to soon get to a point where there's really a shortage of uh, affordable housing? And the real question folks ask is, why are they so expensive? Is there something going on with the development costs um, that's leading to that? Yes. So the reality is that there are two types of apartments. You've got market rate and then you've got affordable. Uh, in order to, and it all, it all comes down to construction costs uh, and land costs. 
what you ha uh, charge in rent it has a direct correlation with what the land cost is and what construction cost is. That's just, it's just math. And if you can't build it on land that you paid for uh, and, and cover the mortgage that you had to take out to build it, you can't make money. So you have to charge a certain price point. So the affordable side is augmented by government tax credits. And so uh, there was an announcement that came out the last couple of days where, uh, you know, the Sibley Mill project is now looking at having an affordable component to it. Well, I wasn't surprised at all because, you know, we looked at that project five, six years ago uh, and I said the same thing, you know, to the, to the group that there's no way to make the math work without tax credits. You're going to have to have some type of government tax credits to make that work. Otherwise, it would cost you so much money to build it. You'd never be able to recoup that money in the rents that you, uh, with the rents that you need to generate. Uh, so you have to have the tax credits as a component of it. But for now, for, for the market rate and pretty much everything you see going on downtown right now is market rate. It's not affordable. Uh, you know, Beacon Station, I think, has a small component of affordable mixed in with it because they did get some government money. Uh, but pretty much every other project that I can think of has no tax credits, no uh, government assistance related. So they are 100% market rate, which means that they have to charge a certain price point on the rent. Otherwise, the developer loses money. So if you can't generate that, that rent price point, you just don't build. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I do think that you're going to see uh, with construction costs going up, uh, that, that some of the rents are going to put these some of these developments out of the market. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the Druid Park uh, apartments over there. I don't know if that deal is still even viable, but, you know, if they ran their math today, I would suspect that they're going to see with lumber costs where they're at, that the rents probably have to go up 15 to 20 percent just to be at the same place they were two years ago. And, and then if you can't generate that rent level, you have to put the project on hold or move on to a different uh, project. So, you know, there is absolutely a direct correlation to the rents that you charge with what the land cost and construction cost are. Okay. So when we do see the average resident says, oh gosh, why are these apartments so expensive? They have to look at what it took to acquire the land as well as the labor costs associated with building apartments, as well as the materials costs associated with building building those those units. So you've got to you see will never you, you will never see new apartments built in Augusta that are less than a thousand dollars a month. One bedroom, two bed. It will never happen for market rate. Uh, you know, tax credit affordable income properties subsidized yes there will be some under that but you will never have market rate under a thousand dollars a month again in augusta wow wow let's talk some about land costs you touched on it uh, but I, I was just told by some folks who, who were interested in purchasing pro property downtown that you know per acreage costs are now huge i mean can you do you sell a lot of property or is it mostly buildings already constructed that you're selling both. We do both. Uh, I personally am not a land guy. I don't do a lot of land. The firm does a lot, but um, I like stuff that's already built <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, for a variety of reasons. But yes, land costs have obviously increased and it's just a function of supply and demand. Uh, 
you know, land costs have gone up so much that, that I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, it's, it's, I can't even do the math in my head percentage wise year over year, how much it's gone up. Uh, and you've got some people that are asking a million dollars an acre uh, for stuff downtown. And that's just not, I don't know that anybody's got it quite yet. Uh, but, you know, a couple of years ago, you could buy, you know, B2 zone commercial land downtown for 250 to 300,000 an acre. They're asking a million dollars now. And, and some of them are trading around, you know, four to 500,000 an acre. So, uh, you know, that's just a supply and demand. There are no big tracks left downtown. And that's one of the things that we've been tasked with, uh, you know, the Downtown Development Authority, you know, HCD, they're all looking for big land tracks. And, you know, one of the last ones was over on Wrightsboro near the, near the, uh, the train tracks, near, over near where DART used to be. You know, we sold that uh, for what I thought was a crazy amount of money, but it was the last of a, a large sites that were available uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Castleberries facility demolishing that because, uh, again, it's there's not a lot of five to 10 acre sites uh, available anywhere downtown. Uh, and because of that, it's going to it's going to drive the cost up. Uh, you know, interest rates will affect it some that might bring it back down a little bit. I do think construction costs will come down. They're going to go up before more before they come down. But as that as they start to come down, interest rates start to go up you know, the, the price of land will come down a little bit. So I think we're in a little bit of a bubble right now with land. Um, so if you've got it, now's the time to be selling it. All right. That is good information. And you, you alluded to the future and thinking, you know, probably go up some more before they come down, but eventually you think prices may begin to come down again. Um, <clears throat> just your prediction, if you had a crystal ball, uh, if you look at uh, try to envision what the city of Augusta's downtown will look like 10 years from now. Um, what do you think that is? You know, right now you go down Telfair Street, you see vacant lots. Um, <clears throat> Brunel Street, you see some vacancies over there. Um, what, what do you think it's going to look like if you put on your crystal ball? Well, I do think, you know, a lot of these apartment projects are going to change it, uh, change the, the landscape completely. Uh, it, it, there's a cycle that goes with it, and it all starts with jobs. Uh, as you have manufacturing industrial jobs come into a market, it doesn't have to be downtown, but just into the market in general, that's what drives the need for housing. And, you know, the census data was very interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see some of those details uh, you know, when they release them uh, county by county, that's going to really say a lot about um, where growth is going to continue to happen. Um, we could talk for hours just about how that will affect politics in the city, uh, redistricting, uh, how, how, you know, you put 2000 apartment units in a, a district that is historically leaned one way. Is that going to change the, the political direction of that district in the future? Right. There's, there's so many factors that play into it. But as jobs come into a market, the housing follows that. And where those people locate and live uh, will affect everything around it because the retail follows people. There's nothing that any city government, any, um, there's nothing that anybody could do to influence where retail goes in a, a land district. Uh, 
it's strictly based on demographics of who's living where, how much income do they make, how much disposable income do they have. And, and based on that, retailers make decisions that, I, okay, I will locate in this location based on this data. Uh, there's no incentives. There's nothing you can do zoning-wise to, to get them there. It's strictly related to demographics. And so the thought is that as all of these people locate downtown with disposable income, that the retail will follow. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to get huge department stores downtown or anything like that, but I do think that you'll start to see uh, you know, these corridors start to fill infill with retail uh, to help support uh, the people coming down here. And, and a grocery store is a component of that. You know, we've had a lot of conversations, uh, you know, with a grocery store user uh, that's looking at going inside of one of those apartment um, buildings on the ground floor um, that we're involved in. So I, I, we're just not quite there yet with the demographics for to support a grocery store. Uh, I think that we will get there in the next couple of years. Uh, the office space will kind of follow behind the retail slowly uh, you know, but there, it's important that there be advantageous policies in place to promote the ability to build multifamily because all of that hinges on and follows population growth. Okay. Um, that you made some very interesting observations and you're right, brought up some things that we could talk about forever. Um, but one of the things that I think you said is key, I want to make sure our listeners are interested in is because, you know, I live in East Augusta. A lot of my listeners live in East Augusta or downtown Augusta. And we have been angry since the Kroger on 15th Street closed because that was our home base. I mean, you could find anything you wanted there, uh, which, you know, sometimes I think was the downfall of the store. And I got a bunch of opinions about the downfall, downfall of that store. Um, but they were oftentimes selling things that people in this particular market didn't want. You know, I, I went in one evening and they were literally taking stuff, fresh produce off the shelves and dumping it into garbage cans. And I, I asked the guy, you know, curious soul that I am, I asked, so why are you getting rid of all this stuff? Is that like, well, it's expired. We don't have any choice. And what I started thinking is, at that point was where store management should have made some adjustments in terms of what they were purchasing in the store. That's how you manage that problem. You know, while I might purchase the fresh head of orange cauliflower, there are many folks in this area that aren't. So that's why you're throwing it all in the trash. So, um, but they didn't make those adjustments. Stores closed, we moved on. But I hope what you're saying, and let's connect the dots here because I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, are you saying that with the new apartments that are going to be market rate, that are going to be a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month, um, that with more of those people in the area, that improves the likelihood that we would have a grocery, a significant grocery presence again in the downtown area? Is that kind of the way this works? Absolutely. There is. Uh, if you look at the demographics downtown again, I'd like I'd like to see the updated census numbers. Um, they just haven't put those out with all the details yet. Um, if you look at, uh, if you put a pin downtown and did a one, three, and five mile circle around it, or even a one, two, and three mile circle around it, you know, you, you've got the stores in North Augusta that are, that are people are going to, and then some in, in um, West Augusta. And, and obviously there's a desert downtown for food. 
But if you put a grocery store down there, there's only so many dollars that are going to be spent based on the disposable income of the people living there. And retailers, grocery store retailers have looked at that historically. I know because I've personally had the conversations with them. Uh, they've, they've looked at those numbers and it does not support them making a business decision to locate there. There's been a lot of conversation with some smaller grocery stores, but really downtown needs a large grocery store. And the only way you get those retail grocery stores off the fence of locating down there is that they've got to see that there's enough dollars, disposable income dollars down there to be spent for them to support their business model without cannibalizing a store in North Augusta or West Augusta. Uh, it's the same reason that the Kroger closed over on Deansbridge Road at Bobby Jones. So until the, the, the downtown area and that one, two, three, five mile radius gets to that level, they will not locate there. They don't care about any political aspects. They don't care about any uh, ethical, moral aspects so much. It is 100% looking at the demographics. Does it make sense for their business model? Because they've got shareholders to answer to. And until it makes sense for them, they're not going to locate there. Okay. And that's the hard, cold facts. Um, that, that really is the hard, cold facts. And I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners so that they understand that it's just not as easy as calling Kroger and say, come back home. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be, hey, you know, we, we, we have X number of people of X number of income who will buy the fresh head of orange cauliflower from you. Right. <laughs> so... Uh, thank you so much for this information. We just got another minute or two left, Joe. Um, could you just share uh, anything else? Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners uh, before we close out this episode of Local Matters? Um, I would just say that, you know, downtown is exciting. There, there's a lot of positive things happening and not just in downtown. Uh, I mean, all over Augusta, really. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of growth on the uh, um west side of uh, Peach Orchard Road, headed out towards Tobacco Road. I mean, there's just a lot of growth everywhere happening. Uh, and, and again, there's, there's nothing that can be done to promote retail growth except for housing growth. And nothing can be done to promote housing growth except for job growth. So when you, when you see the Development Authority announce that 500 jobs are coming to the area for this company or something, that is what is the catalyst to to promote all of these things that people want to see in the area. That is really what drives growth. Um, but back to downtown, I would say that, you know, there's going to be a lot more exciting announcements coming. Uh, and, and the apartment component of it is going to always be, uh, you know, the first step towards, uh, you know, having positive growth. And, and I understand that, that some people are nervous especially, uh, you know, use the word gentrification, you know, that's a word we try to avoid, but, you know, people don't like that because it does change voting blocks and districts. But again, if you want those types of things in the community, it is a necessary uh, thing to have that growth and what comes with it. Um, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, you know, the Lamar building, uh, you know, my office was located in the Lamar building until 2008, and it's just sat there idle for seven years uh, or longer, actually. Now it's almost been almost 10 years. And so, yeah. And, and so, you know, that building is under contract right now. 
with an out-of-town developer. I can't disclose a lot of the details just yet, uh, you know, but that's going to be an exciting thing for that entire block uh, to help promote growth down there. And so, you know, when these things happen, we need to be uh, positive, uh, you know, when we see it rather than negative, because these developers are really taking a chance on our community uh, especially the out-of-town ones. I mean, we're talking about a, a 25 to $30 million investment that's going to go into our downtown. That's, that's jobs, that's more people living down there, uh, and that's all working towards, uh, you know, the growth that we all want, which includes a grocery store. Okay. Thank you so much for breaking down the facts from the background of someone who has been in commercial real estate now for uh, a long time. Uh, I'm sure our listeners appreciate the insight and we wish you the best as you work toward uh, redeveloping Augusta. All right, thank you. Thanks. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.